Chris Begno's big brother. I've been a part of this church since the very beginning when it was at Chris's house. And every once in a while, God blesses me to be able to come out and speak about Jesus here. You know that uh, nothing gets me more fired up or more excited than talking about Jesus. Oh, and you know what else I noticed? I noticed that some of you have seen me preach before. No one's in the front row. They're afraid I'm going to spit on them. I would say that's wisdom. I would say that's showing wisdom. Praise God for that. And I probably am going to spit on you. So, so anyway, listen, uh, uh, I, I want to I start this morning with a thought and an idea about God and about God's amazing, crazy love for us. And you, and you know what else I, I want to say this morning? Because my heart's just overflowing with it. You know that God ha- has a miracle right here in our midst. And I know that we're all miracles. But we have a brand new miracle. And he's my brother, Jake. And, 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 the, and the stuff that God has done in Jake's life. Uh, Jake flew out to California three months ago. And I picked him up the day that he got in the airport. And, and Jake is a different person and a different man today. Jake has uh, surrendered his life to Jesus. He's been baptized. And he's walking in the spirit. Amen. A, 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 a miracle, a miracle, and, and, and there's nothing more exciting than seeing God do his thing, right? Seeing God do what God does. So, so listen to this. Here's, here's the idea this morning. Listen, it says in Genesis that God created the earth, and then that God created the universe, right? On day four, it says that he filled the universe with, with all the stars, all the planets, with all the suns, with everything, right? Well, why do you think it is that God first made the earth and then made the universe, he fills the universe, this little speck he makes first, this, this place that we live on, right? And listen, the reason God did that is because we do not see God in the physical. We see God in the spiritual, right? I see God every day in my life. I, I see God every day in his word. But he, he created the universe so that we could see him physically, so that we could see his majesty. We could see his greatness. We could see, have an awe of God, right? We'd have an awe of God. You guys have an awe of God? He, he created the earth first, and then he creates, he fills the universe on the fourth day so that we would have an awe of God, that we have a physical representation of how great and how majestic and how amazing God is, right? Because, listen, what happens to every last one of us is that we get an askewed view of God. We have God twisted in some way. We don't have the correct idea of who God is. And listen, without the correct idea of who God is, it, it wrecks everything about our lives. You know, we believe that God is good sometimes, you know, when our lives feel like he's good. We believe that he loves sometimes. So he, he created the universe so that we could recognize and see his greatness. So we could recognize and see his magnitude, how, how majestic he is, right? Listen, in Psalms 19, he says this. In Psalms 19, it says, uh, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day utters speech, and night unto night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line goes out through the earth, and their words to the end of the world. He, he created the universe so that we could physically see him. So we could physically see his majesty. And listen, it says that he knows the trillions and trillions of stars by name, right? He knows each star by name. That thought alone just blows my mind. And and the scientists say now that there may be trillions of planets that are Earth-like. Not not billions, maybe trillions of planets that are Earth-like. And what they think is because of the situation of the planet, where the planet sits, how the planet sits, that there has to be life out there. Not, Not there could be, but that there has to be. But listen, life isn't found in the situation, right? 
Life is found in Jesus, right? He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The only way, the only truth, and the only life. Life isn't found because there could be life. Life is found because Jesus is allowing there to be life, right? So listen, this is the idea. This is the rest of the idea for, for, for our, to get our hearts in a place of worship, to get our hearts in a, in a place of, of recognizing God, and, and to put our minds in a right perspective of who God is. Listen, I don't believe that there's life on any of those planets. Not on the trillions of planets that are in this galaxy. Not in any, not one of them. And, and here's why I believe that. I believe that God created this speck, Earth, perfectly for us, and then he put us on it, and then he poured his perfect love and his perfect attention only on us. Because that's how much God loves you. That's how huge God's love is for us. That this little speck, he knows trillions of stars by name, but on this speck with a few people on it, he's just poured his love. He's just focused his love. He's just shown us over and over and over again that we can have a right perspective of who God is, right? That we can see God clearly. You know, we get so twisted, and it's a, it's a battle that everybody fights. And the thing is that not one of us would have a spiritual battle ever again if we, if we caught a clear picture of God, if we caught a clear picture of Jesus, if we knew who God really was and what God really created us for and what God really wanted in our lives, it would change everything about everything because we serve an, an amazing, perfect God and we don't think in perfect terms or in perfect ways. We think of some jacked up ways, right? So, so, so we can't think or see in the ways that we need to. But you know what changes all that? Hanging out with Jesus. Hanging out with Jesus. Nothing but hanging out with Jesus. Not rule following. Not anything. Just hanging out with Jesus. You hang out with Jesus every day, and what happens is you start to get the right perspective. You start to see it in a clear a, a way. You start to see it in a pr- pr- proper perspective, right, who he truly is. The God who created the universe and, and trillions of planets, maybe trillions of Earth-like planets, but we're the only place that has life because he loves us that much. Amen? Amen. Let's pray this message. And Father, we just come before you this morning. We just thank you for this day, for your love, and for our lives, God. For, for allowing us to be here, brothers and sisters in you, God, for rescuing us, God, for bringing us into this family, God, for doing what only you do, God, uh, supernatural things in, in a natural world, God. We love you, God. We just uh, want to give this time to you this morning, Jesus. We just want to see something miraculous and supernatural happen here today in and through and with us, God. I just lift each person in here right now, Father, and I just ask that you would touch each one individually, God that you would, Holy Spirit, speak directly to each heart, mind, and life here today, God, that you would give us whatever it is we're lacking today, God, that you would come, Holy Spirit, and fill us, fill us to overflowing with, with the anointing that we need this morning, God, whatever that may be, love, peace, joy, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, whatever that is, God, we ask that you would be glorified and magnified here today, God, that we would just get you nice and lifted high here today, God, and, and that, that you would, that you would be in our midst and that you'd be doing something that only you could do in our midst, God, which is change everything about everything. So we give you this time, we give you this day, and we just say yes and amen to anything and everything you want to do in and through and with us. You may ask these things, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. You know that, the, you know that, you know that God truly, truly, truly is crazy about you, right? Yeah, he, he, he is. And, you know, the thing is, the enemy has been tricking us forever and, and, tr- and telling us all these things forever, and society has been doing the same exact thing, right? 
the things that we live in a, in a dispensation of time that, that is, is completely against God. 2019, America, right? Maybe the planet. Okay, so enough talking. You guys open your Bibles up to, to John chapter 8, verse 31. That's not where we're going to be this morning, but I, I want to unpack some of the big ideas this morning. So some of the big ideas in, in Galatians 5 where we're going to be is about freedom and slavery. It's about flesh versus spirit, and it's about sin versus love. And we talked about love already this morning. So, so I want to I kick over to John 8, starting in uh, verse 31. John chapter 8, verse 31. Jay, let me have an amen when you get there. Amen. amen. All right, cool. <laughs> I'm hearing paper, pages turn still. I'm waiting, guys. It says this. It says, Then Jesus said to those uh, Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Listen, I want to stop there and, and, and unpack that for a second. He says, he says that if you abide in my word, do you know that the word abide means that you would continue in, that you would be surrounded by, that you would be engulfed in? And he says, if you abide in my word, that you're my disciples indeed. The word disciple means follower. So he's, he's unpacking and he's telling us how it is that we could recognize that we're followers of God. And listen, this is so crazy deep and so crazy uh, b- bottom shelf, it, it's nuts. What he's saying is this. This is exactly what John is saying. John is saying, do you know what the major qualifier to being a a follower of Jesus is? That you would follow Jesus. The major qualifier to being a follower of Jesus is that you would follow Jesus. That you would abide in his word. Abide means to continue in. Listen to me. It's like this. This should be very easy to understand. If uh, If you heard a girl's name before, but you don't have her phone number, you've never took her to lunch, you've never took her to dinner, you've never took her on a date, you don't know where she lives, she's not your girlfriend. No, no, that's not funny. It's true. It's true. I was a Christian for 20 years, or I said I was a Christian for 20 years. I had no idea who God was. wasn't following anything. You know, I heard of God, right? But I didn't know God, right? And there's a big, giant difference between the two, uh, knowing of God and knowing God. You know, it, it's important that if you're a follower of God, that you're following God. How does he say to follow him? He says to abide in his word. So abide, listen, it's not only talking about a continuance, it's talking about a doing. Everything that God does is, or says, every connotation in the New Testament is about doing it. You know, faith, it's not that you would one time believe in God, that you would continue to believe in God constantly, right? You would continually be doing this, right? That's the connotation behind all of it. And listen, there's, there's two ways to read your Bible. And I'm guilty of both, I'm not judging, I'm just talking, you're my family, you can say things, you can get mad at me, we can wrestle later maybe just saying maybe all right listen two ways to read your bible i'm guilty of both so here's the deal you can read your bible as a checklist you can get up in the morning you can read and say okay i read it god i'm supposed to do it and i've done it or you could pick it up and 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 you can allow it to be what it truly is the greatest love letter ever written and it's written to you you can allow it to affect your heart and your life in a way that, that, that will change everything about everything. You'll read it, and you just read it looking and seeing who Jesus is and how Jesus does his Jesus things. You know, any of you and all of you that are going to Israel, praise God. The first time I went, what's from called? I thought, all these crazy things are going to happen. And what happened is I started reading my Bible in a whole new, fresh way. I started seeing and reading all the places I've been, all the places where Jesus does his Jesus thing. And it changed everything about the way I read this book. Listen, 
if you read this book looking for Jesus, if you read this book looking for it to change your life, you know what will happen? You'll find Jesus and it will change your life. Period. If you read it checking a, a list in a religious way, you know what will happen? Nothing. Nothing at all. God hasn't called us into religion. He's called us into relationship with the king of the universe. Man, just being Jesus' friend is amazing, right? It's just crazy. It's crazy that, that he would even think about being my friend. I wouldn't think about being my friend if I was him. Oh, man. All right, so it goes on and says this. It says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. This is the important part right here. This is all important, but this is important for us this morning. It, it says that you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Uh, it, this is not a what. This isn't you would know something. That's religion. This is who. This isn't a what. It's a who, right? It's who you know. Jesus is saying, you shall know me, and that shall make you free. You know what makes you free? Knowing Jesus, I just told you. This should get easier, guys. It should be easier for you guys to yell some questions or answers as the service goes on. Yeah, it, to be truly free, there's only one place that freedom's found. And freedom's found directly in a relationship with Jesus. The only place it's found. And listen, freedom. Freedom's a, a word that we have stolen and ripped off and twisted, right? Freedom's a word we stole. The, the, the society has taken it and, and, and just made into something demonic, right? When I was in the world, I, I thought I was the freest person ever, literally. It was part of the, the weirdness about me. But I, it was my mantra. I'm running free. I'm running free. I'm running free. I was chained to everything. I was addicted to everything you could think of, drugs, to everything you could think of. I just had so much bondage, but I was screaming, I'm free. And Jesus says that's not freedom. So you have to recognize what kind of freedom God's talking about, right? What is the freedom that he's saying in, in this text that he's setting us free from? He's setting us free from that freedom, right? Two different freedoms, a spiritual freedom and a worldly, what the world says or thinks is freedom, right? Two different things. We need to be set free from that, right? We need to be set free from that. And the only way to be set free from that is, is, is to follow and love Jesus with your whole heart. It's easy to follow and love Jesus with your whole heart once you start to walk that way. Once you start to walk in that direction, what happens is you want to continue to walk in that direction every day. You know, I recognize that every time I listen to this, Every time I do what this says, every time I lined up with this, every time I'm seeing Jesus perfectly in this, that I'm moving in a direction that God has called me to move in, and I'm moving in a direction, listen, that is not only a blessing to my life, but is a blessing to every life around me. You want to be a blessing to every life around you? Fall crazy in love with Jesus. He's worthy of your, of your love, right? Yeah, I told you I was going to get excited, man. My notes are already all spit on. This is crazy, man. So listen, freedom in Galatians, we're going to be in Galatians 5, but in 5, one it says that we have been, it is for freedom that we have been set free. Listen to what this means. What that means is that you have been set free by God, you've been set free by God to be free, to not be caught up in sin and not to be caught up in bondage and to not be caught up in all the things that destroy and slow your life down, right? God has created us for specific reasons, right? For good works to, to walk in before even before time even began, he created us for these things, right? Specific things. And the only way to walk in them is to walk in freedom. So it's for freedom that we have been set free. It's for freedom that we've been set free. Listen to me too. This is, a, this is I don't know, one of the coolest things that God gave me in this message. You know that it's a blessing to be a Christian? 
we, 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 we've so, for so long have taken it as not a blessing. And listen, we're not the first generation. This isn't something new. This is a, an idea that's thousands of years old. The enemy has ripped that idea off. Listen, God created us for freedom, and God created us for specific things, to walk in, in, and reflect Jesus, right? But, but we think that, that, that to be a Christian is a bummer. To be a Christian is sucky. You know, how, what a bummer, God, that we have to follow you. We have to do all these stuff, God. You know, it's a, a drag, God. And look, we're not the first people, right? The prodigal son, right? He, he's the one that gets to hang out with his father through the whole thing. And, and the, I, I mean, the good son. And the prodigal goes out. But the good son's hanging out. And when the prodigal comes home, the good son isn't like, man, I got to hang with you all the time, father. This was so amazing. You know, I was the one that was blessed. The prodigal went out and wasted his time and wasted his life. Right? We got it twisted, right? The, 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 guy that was, the guy that spent his whole life with Jesus, you know what he got? He got an abundant life his whole life. The, you know what you get when you're away from Jesus? You get ripped off in death. So if you, if you come to Jesus at the very end of your life, what happened is you threw your whole life away. You didn't get a good deal because you got to go out and party and do all kinds of stuff, and then you had to come serve God. Yeah, an abundant life is found only in Jesus, Right? Yeah, Billy Graham's life is an amazing life, right? He lived to be 100 years old, led millions of people to Jesus. He got to talk to president after president, counsel them in, in the ways of God. You know why? Because he hung out with Jesus every day and believed what God said. His life was an abundant life. Listen, you know the story of, 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 of the workers that go out in the field, right? The, the first ones go out early, and then he keeps hiring. At the end of the day, he hires the last ones to go out. And then he says, bring those in first. And he pays them exactly what he's going to pay the ones that went out and had the whole day out, right? And then when it gets to the, to, to the Christians that were the first ones out, they're, they're grumbling and complaining. Not, 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 hey, man, I was the one that got blessed. I lived my whole life for Jesus. I lived my whole life making a difference on this planet. Yeah, you know the only way to make a difference on this planet is to allow Jesus to shine and reflect through your life. There's no other way. It's impossible. It's not a bummer to be a Christian. It's amazing to serve the God of the universe. Man, get excited about that. Spit on your neighbor. <laughs> okay, don't spit on your neighbor. Don't go crazy, you guys. Praise God. So anyway, listen. In 1 John five twelve, it says this. It says, he who has the Son, he who has Jesus, has life. He who does not have the Son does not have life. Okay, in God's words, not, not, not anything Pastor G said, in God's words. God says that if you don't have Jesus, you don't have life. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. You want an abundant life? Fall crazy in love with Jesus. See what, what he'll use you for and how he'll use you in specific ways to change other people's uh, eternal trajectories. Man, can you imagine the, the day that you're standing in the line to throw your crowns at Jesus' feet? And the people that God has allowed you to affect their lives are there with you? Man, if God used you for that moment, you know, I was in another line before. And I was in that line for 40 years. I was in the line to hell. And I had, I had affected everybody's life around me and led them straight to there. But, but because of my great God, he has translated me out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light. Now I'm going to be in a new line. I'm going to be throwing crowns at Jesus' feet, not my crowns, Jesus' crowns, the things that he allowed me to do here on this planet for him. Man, I like when you guys get a little bit excited at least. Amen. I'll get more excited if you guys do. 
All right, brothers and sisters, turn with me to Galatians. So Galatians 5, and we're going to start in verse 13. It says, For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use your liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. It says, For you, brethren, for you, Christian, for you, sister, you have been called, past tense, have been called to liberty, have been called to freedom. Listen to me. There's an overarching call in Christianity, and the first part of that call is salvation, is redemption, right? Is recognizing that the creator of the universe has come and bought you back from yourself, stuff, and Satan, right? From this world system that you've been redeemed is the first and four, the biggest arch in that banner overlooking you of your calling, right? Secondly, secondly, he tells us that we have been called out of the kingdom of darkness and we've been called into the kingdom of light. We've been called into a whole different kingdom with a whole different king and a whole different set of rules and regulations, the way we walk and where we walk and how we walk, right? We've been called into a relationship, personal with Jesus, right? And also he's talking about us being called out of bondage and called into freedom. We've been called out of slavery and we've been called into freedom. Listen, what Jesus is exactly saying here is that he says that he has come to break the bonds or the chains of sin and death, right? That's the freedom we've been called into. There are two different perspectives on two different positions. Sin is the position we have here on the planet. That's, he's breaking the chains of that right now. And then eternally, the chains of death. What does that mean? Well, it means that before we were going to be eternally separated for God for no reason. Listen to me, brothers and sisters. For no reason. For a lie. For a lie that we bought into that has no uh, weight to it and has no eternal weight to it. We were destined to be separated from God for eternity for no reason. But he's saying, now that you have stepped into me, that's not going to happen. Listen, there's two things that can cover you eternally. There's only two things that can cover you eternally. Either Jesus can cover you eternally. Jesus is our earthly covering and our eternal covering. His perfect sacrifice, his perfect life, or your sin it can cover you on the planet and your sin can be your eternal covering. The thing that you would not allow Jesus' blood to cleanse can become your eternal covering. The things that wreck your life here on the planet can be the things that wreck your life through eternity. Through eternity. Through eternity. Man, I was living in this crazy life for 40 years, this big, giant lie that meant nothing and, and had no weight. It was, it was straw and stubble on steroids. It meant nothing. It meant nothing, and I was going to die and go to hell for it because I was lost, and I had the wrong perspective. I had the wrong idea about God. I had the wrong mindset. I didn't understand or recognize how great God's love was for me. I didn't recognize that God created me for a purpose and for a reason. Yeah, he made me to spit on people on stage. I'm on that spit on thing today. Sweet. Listen, he says he's called us, he's called us uh, to freedom. And listen, those chains, I want to talk about chains for a second for a couple of reasons. Some of the chains that God broke from my life 15 years ago, I, I, I tr- truly surrendered 15 years ago. I, I've had a battle back and forth with religion and with God since I was 12 years old. The first time I cried out to God was I was 12. I, I wasn't a Christian. I don't believe I was saved. But I, I, I went to church and I walked. And at 18, I walked again. And 23, I walked for a couple years again. But at 40, I surrendered. God just got a hold of me and changed everything about everything. 
God has given you a, a new direction, a new perspective, a new want, and a new way. But listen, so 15 years ago, the, the chains that God broke in that first season, he broke the chains of addiction, he broke the chains of, of thinking I was a tough guy, broke the, just broke a ton of big, giant chains. And listen, I've never looked back. Those chains are still in a pile 15 years behind me. But listen to me. Other chains, I haven't been so uh, good at letting go of. Some things God's broken, I become like MacGyver. I glue chains together, I'll bubble gum them, I'll tape them, wrap them around me. You know, listen, it's true. And I don't want you to be confused about this. I'm not talking about willful of sin against God. I'm not talking about open rebellion against God. I'm just talking about being human. Just talking about this, this fight on this side, in, in your flesh and through your flesh and of your flesh. You know, some of the things that I fight still, covetousness, legalism at times, you know, uh, uh, lust. Just the major sins that, that never go completely away. The ones that God has to continue to break. And listen, you know what God wants to do? He wants to continue to break the chains that, that you remend. And you know how that happens? It happens by walking with Jesus. It happens by hanging out with Jesus. It happens by fellowshipping with Jesus. It doesn't happen any other way. Being a Christian isn't about all this stuff that you think it's about. It's about hanging out with Jesus, period. The more you hang out with Jesus, the more you understand what Jesus is talking about, the more you understand what's going on here, the more that your, your life is transformed and your love is transformed and you are transformed. That, that's how the process works, right? So if you're a MacGyver on chains, cool. You know, keep walking. Keep walking. Keep allowing God to break and break and break and break. And then it says this. It says, only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. And listen, there's a couple connotations here. And one of the big ideas is that you wouldn't just say that you've been forgiven. I've been forgiven of my sins past, present, and future, so I could do whatever I want to do. The, 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 the mentality about that is, it, here's the mentality behind that, that this isn't really true and God's not really good. The mentality is that the world's good and, and the things of the world are good. It, it's a complete uh, opposite of what God tells us. You know, what happens, like I said, what happens when you start just surrendering your life to Jesus is Jesus becomes real. And when you see Jesus in a correct way, you can do nothing but fall crazy in love with him. It's impossible. And then listen, the, the, the way that that love is manifest, and the word manifest means to be brought to life, to come to reality, to come into this planet, the, the way it's manifest, the way uh, love is always manifest, it's manifest t- towards others. Jesus says, we'll be known, us, this family, will be known that for the way that we love each other. He tells us to love, 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 right? We'll be known. How are Christians to be known? Not by, oh man. There's a bunch of Christians. They don't drink and they don't smoke. Yeah, that's them. <laughs> you know, that's not it, right? Well, that's not it, right? But that's, how, that's, that's the banner we've been carrying for, for the last 150 years, right? We don't do this. We don't do that. You know, look at us. You know, it's about none of that. We're to be known by our love. So listen, what happens is when you get this right, then this becomes right. Yeah, when you, when you start seeing Jesus in a, in a clear way, you start seeing people in a clear way. You start loving them. It's not about if they've done you wrong or done you right or none of that. It's about knowing that you are in the perfect position with Jesus and that everything you need, God is providing. So your life situations are just that, life situations. God's allowing you at times to show supernatural love, right? Cannot show supernatural love unless people bug you, twist your heart. Yeah, if not, it's just normal love. He says the world does that, right? 
people are cool to me, I could be cool to them. But the people that you supernaturally love are people that aren't cool to you, right? Yeah, so love is always manifest in our love for others. So if you want to know how you're doing this way, how are you doing this way? Yeah, are, are, you, are you beating yourself up? Are you always thinking that, oh, look what they did and they did this to me and I'm the only one doing this? And No, man. Forget about all that. You know who sees everything you do? Jesus. And you know how he sees it? Perfectly clear. He sees, he sees directly into you and he sees directly into why you do what you do. Yeah, so let, let's love each other because it, it's natural and it comes easy if we love Jesus. Yeah, this whole, this whole text is about a bunch of rules and a bunch of, uh, of nonsense that he's, he's telling them that that's not the way that this is. It's not, it's not the way that you get anywhere. So, okay, we got to go because we're not going to get none of it if we don't. So, so listen, so, so, so not only that, the second connotation on, on, this, on this freedom thing is that you wouldn't go back into uh, religion. That you wouldn't go back into rule following. You know, uh, Paul tells them, man, as soon as you came into the freedom of Jesus, you're already back to following rules. You're already back to following the law. So quickly you forgot about how good grace is, how great mercy is. And now you're trying to make Jesus love you more by following rules. It's natural. I'm not judging. I'm not tripping. I'm just talking. So you guys know, right? So you guys have heads up on it. You know, Martha's the one that invites Jesus in. I said Martha, not Mary. Martha invites Jesus in. Martha asks Jesus to come in. And you're like, I, I read it and read it and read it. And I'm just like, is this, i got to get another translation. I'm not sure that Martha's the one that asked him in. Pretty sure it's Mary that asked him in. But listen, Martha brings him in. And, and uh, the very next verse says that very quickly she was distracted with many things. You know, that happens to every one of us. What happens is, look at us, Jesus. We're painting the house. Look at us, Jesus. We're making the tile clean. You know, look at us, Jesus. We're doing things. Love us, Jesus. You know, we need you to love us. Look at all the things we're doing. And what he's saying all the time is, come hang with me. Yeah, come hang out with me. Come fellowship with me. He says, Mary's doing the right thing, right? You know what Mary was doing? Just hanging with Jesus, man. Just in a relationship with Jesus. Just hanging out with him, man. And she had the right perspective of him always. Always. You know, when, when, she's, coming, when she's coming to him on the dirt road, or when Jesus is coming to her on the dirt road, it says that she ran out and fell at his feet. This is in tragedy. Her brother has just died. This isn't in a, in a good season. This is in a hard season. You know where Mary's heart was towards Jesus in a bad season? She was worshiping at his feet. Dude. Amen, Pastor D. All right, cool. Sweet, man. I'm getting excited, too. Listen, in this process, this is a process of sanctification, right? So little by little... We hang out with Jesus, and we start to become Jesus, and freedom starts to come. We're free from religion, free from rules, free from lies, free from bad decisions, and, and eventually we start to become free from the pull of the world. Eventually, as you're walking, you start to become free of the pull of the world. And the pull of the world is crazy, right? Especially in 2019, it's just nuts. All right, verse, verse 14 says this. It says, for, for all the laws fulfilled in one word, even in this you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So the law, I want to talk about the law for just a few seconds. Does everybody in here know why the law was, why God created the law? With a raise of hands, how many people know why the, the God created the law? The law. He created the law. Why, why God created the law is, is for one, one purpose and one purpose only. God created the law so that you could recognize and see that you could never fulfill it. He says that it's a mirror or a taskmaster, a school teacher. So the reason he, the reason he created the law always 
from the very beginning was so that you could see that you needed Jesus. That's why the law was created. So you could see that you needed Jesus. <clears throat> and, then, and then listen. And then we as people decided that we should follow him and God will love us more. Yeah, listen. In the Old Testament, listen. In the Old Testament, there was 613 or 630 laws. And then the Jews had added another 400 and something, over 1,000 laws. And listen, they had them memorized. They were the best rule followers that the world's ever known. And, and you, know, you know what Jesus says about them? That they're dead men. They're dead men. Whitewashed tombs, right? They had the rules down. They had all of that law down. They had it down. And Jesus said, that's not what it's about. You're studying the scriptures because in them you think you have found eternal life. I am eternal life. Yeah, Jesus. Man, you know what? Being a Christian is cool. Yeah, being a Christian is freeing. Yeah, being a uh, Christian is what it's about. Walking with the creator of the universe. Man, I wake up every morning hearing Jesus say, hey, D, get up. We got something to do today. Dude, that's my life. Man, I have such a crazy, amazing life. And I have such a horrible life. You know, we serve such an amazing God. Yeah, he could use a wretch like me. You know, he could use anybody if he could use me. Oh, you guys don't even know. I don't know what kind of stuff he could do with you guys. <laughs> it, it, would be, it would be amazing, though. And listen, as the Old Testament started to wind down, the, the, uh, the laws went from, from, from 1,000 to 12. And in Micah, they go to 3. And then Jesus sums them up in 2 in the New Testament, right? He says that all the law and the prophets, which the law and the prophets at the time of Jesus was the whole Bible. It's the Old Testament. It's, it's the whole thing. And he says that this can be summed up in two commandments. That you would love me with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and love others as yourself. You know, it's impossible to love others yourself unless you love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Unless Jesus is your everything. You know, Jesus being our everything is cool, you guys. Like I said, you know, it freaks me out that people are embarrassed about God. How can you be embarrassed about the creator of everything that's your, that your, that your best friend? That wants you to be not just, not just, not just his doulos, not just a, a willing slave, but also your friend. Yeah, he, he wants to be that, right? The creator of the universe, the one that knows everything about everything about you. Think about that. That will blow your mind how much he loves you. Yeah, he knows everything about you, and he still loves you. Praise God. Romans 13, 9 says this. It says, uh, oh, oh, Romans 13, 9 just tells us uh, that, the, that love is the fulfillment of the law. That love fulfills the law. And listen, this isn't rocket science, but it is super hard to do, right? It's easy to understand that we're to love our neighbors as ourselves, that we're to love our brothers and sisters. It's easy to understand, but it's super hard to do, right? Why do you think that is? Because people are messed up and, and jacked up and messy just like you, right? Yeah, if you're hard to love, then everybody's going to be hard to love, right? It's not just some people. It's everybody. There's only only way to do that and the only way to get around that is supernaturally, by loving God with everything. So verse 15 says, but if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you cons- are consumed by one another. But if you bite and devour, the idea here is uh, 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 animals, wild animals tearing each other apart. And what happens in religion is that we start to become dogmatic about things that we shouldn't be dogmatic about. You know, sometimes when I'm caught in religion or when I'm caught in judging, I, I, what, what, I'm, what I'm always judging is the things that, that, not the things I'm good at. I'm always judging other things, right? Things I'm good at. Oh, look at me, man. I'm good at this, man. You know, and what happens in religion is that, that you become prideful and, and you start to become dogmatic about everything. Yeah, 
you know, uh, God, I, I was walking. I've been walking for 15 years, and about 10 years ago, I was in ministry at Joshua Springs, but I wasn't in paid ministry. I was just in ministry. And I heard God speak to me, and I, I heard God say that he wanted me to quit listening to secular music, and he wanted me to quit watching radar movies. But I heard him even louder say, I don't want you to go tell anybody else to quit doing this. I'm telling you, Darren, to quit doing it. I want you to go tell your wife. I don't want you to tell your kids. I don't want you to tell any of your friends. I'm asking you to quit doing this. And listen, I quit doing it. Within a year, he made me a pastor. I, it was for a reason he was doing it, right? And listen, listen to me. If you have a tendency or a need to tell other people what they should and shouldn't do, you, you know who could tell them even better than you? God. <laughs> listen, and if God wants somebody to stop something, you know what to do? He'll tell them. Yeah. Yeah, you don't need to tell them because he'll tell them. You know, I don't know how much more this we're going to get through, so I, I want to say a few things. I want to unpack a few things that are super important, not just a little bit important, crazy important. Listen, you know that, 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 that all these things that God, all these rules that you think are rules that are, you know, God's not letting me do this, not letting me do that. None of that's true. All those things that, that God asks us not to do are all things that bring death into your life. And listen, and as the, as the writers of the, of the a New Testament, as, as writers even of the Old Testament, start to lay these things out. They're not ever laying them out in a pharisaic, legalistic way. They're not laying them out so you, could, so you could say, okay, well, I don't do this, and I do this, and I, I'll never do this. And they're not telling you that for that reason. They're telling you for a specific reason. They're telling it so you can judge yourself. Listen to me. Everything you read is for you. Everybody in your safe for me. Again, for me. For me. It's for you. And listen, what God says is that if you would judge yourself, that no one would have to judge you. That you wouldn't be judged at all. You know why? Because you would be judging yourself. You'd be taking care of what you can only take care of, which is yourself. You could hope and wish and pray for all these people to do all these things that never happen because they have free will. Then you could blame God because they've never listened, but, but they have free will. It's for you to see you for always for us. And what happens in that is that we start to be able to recognize and see where we are with God. It's, it's a measuring stick to figure that out, to figure where your walk is, right? God says that, that patience is the bond, of, or love is the bond of perfection. Patience, let patience have its perfect work so that you be perfect. And not sin is perfection, spiritual maturity. So that you'll be walking in the things and trusting God in everything, amen? Amen. So, so, so it says for us not to bite and devour each other. Not, not to divide and separate each other. 16 says, I say, I say then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. I, I love this because it tells us the benefit of walking in the spirit. So walking in the spirit is what? Walking in the spirit is, is being a Christian. It's reading your Bible, praying, fellowshipping, and being plugged in somewhere too. It's super important that you find out what you've been created and designed to do and start doing it. It doesn't have to be in the church, in, in, this, in this building, but it has to be in the body somewhere. If you're evangelist, if, 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 you're, if you've got the, the gift of giving, if you've got whatever it is, you need to be doing something because it's, it's part of the way that you walk in the spirit. It's part of the way that you're walking in victory, right? Yeah, fellowshipping with Jesus is the, is the big idea. But listen, it says, it, says, it says, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The, the, the biggest gifting to walking in the spirit is that, that you're not re-ruining re, re, re your life or re-destroying your life with your old life. You, you will no longer walk in, in, in the flesh. The, the, the blessing, the bonus to it, is that, that your old life isn't destroying your life anymore. 
because now you're walking with Jesus in a straight line. Amen? Amen. You know, uh, I, I remember this season uh, and when I first got saved. And I remember the first six months. After about six months, the first thing that just blew my mind and was, was so obvious to me was that my life wasn't filled with drama no more. And I was, I was a dope fiend, so I was in the drug scene. And I don't know if, uh, not a lot of you guys know, but some of you. But in that scene, everything's drama. And, and I noticed instantly that I wasn't fat no more. And it's what he's speaking of. If you walk in the spirit, you'll no longer fulfill the lust of the flesh. And what, what, what happens in fulfilling the lust of the flesh is you bring death into your life. Sin is always death, right? So, so anyway, verse, verse 17 says this. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. Man, I love this. This is so important. Listen to what it says. It says that it says that the spirit and the flesh are fighting. MMA fight, man. This is a, a battle royale. They're getting down. They're fighting every day. And listen, this is the whole thing about being a Christian. From the very first day that you truly surrender to the day that you uh, are sanctified to the day that you move on to glorification, right? This is the battle you're in. The battle you're in is either the lies of the world that you have come to believe or that, or that God is right. It's the battle that's raging every day, no matter who you are or where you are, if you're a Christian. And he, he, sa- he says that, that, this, that this is a, a, a crazy fight that's going on here. He says that they're contrary to each other, right? They're opposite of each other. You know, you know who wins almost every fight? The one that's trained better, right? Yeah, the one that's, the one that's trained better, the one, that's, the one that trains more, the one that eats the right uh, uh, foods, the right nutrition's right, the one that eats the right food, he's the one that wins the fight, right? That's, a, that's who wins the fight almost every time. And listen, here's the deal. The, I'm not telling you this in a legalistic way. I'm telling you this in a loveralistic way. The deal is we live in America in 2019, and that's a, 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 a big, giant deficit for us every day from the very beginning. We live in a society that is bombarding our flesh, almost like we're on, our flesh is on steroids. You can't watch a TV program. You can't listen to a radio program. You can't see a billboard. You can't go hardly anywhere or do hardly anything that your, that your flesh is not supercharged. I would tell you guys the gas station story, but it probably would not go over well. <laughs> so listen, so listen. In this fight, already our flesh has the upper hand. We live in a society where, where they say wrong is right and right is wrong, right? That's the dispensation of time we're in right now. Yeah, so everything is, everything is designed to supercharge your flesh. Everything. So literally, just from being in the world, just from walking in the world, our flesh is like steroided up, just yoked up. So we have to combat that, right? And you know how you combat that? By hanging out with Jesus. Yeah, listen, uh, Billy Weaver, big yoked up guy, came and taught my Bible study last Monday. And one of the coolest things he said was that when him and his wife go on a date, he turns everything off and his attention is completely on her. Their attention's on each other. And he said, we need to do that uh, uh, as much as possible with Jesus. We need to have a date night with Jesus. We need to take Jesus and go on a hike. We need to have breakfast with Jesus, right? Turn our phones off. The thing is that, 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 that the way that you make your spirit buff so you could fight this fight is by hanging with Jesus. Yeah, not by following rules. Following rules has never made anybody closer to Jesus. Yeah, but by following Jesus. By following Jesus. Amen? Amen. It says, it says and listen, it says, so, so that you do not do the things that you wish, 
I love this because the connotation is on both. So what it's saying is that if you're walking in the spirit, you don't do the things that your flesh would do. If you're walking, if you're walking in, in, in the flesh, you don't do the bless you, bro. You don't do the things you don't do the things that that your that your that your spirit wishes. Right. The connotation is either way. It says so that you do not do the things that you wish, whichever one you're walking in. You won't do the things that your that the flesh or the spirit wishes. Pick and choose. I'll tell you what. If you do the things that the spirit wishes, your life will be a lot easier, a lot less death and a lot less uh, trouble. Yeah. Just just the benefit of walking with God and being truly sold out to God is enormous. It's crazy. Crazy. Not only that, I have such peace about life, right? You know that I cannot wait. Death isn't scaring me. I can't wait to see Jesus face to face. I can't wait to run into Jesus' arms and just bear hug him. I can't wait, man. It's a, it's a benefit of being a Christian, right? Uh, verse 18 says this. It says, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. If you are led by the Spirit, if you allow the Spirit to lead. You know, that, that the one thing the Spirit to lead is, is, is where it's at, right? You know who was like that? Philip was like that, right? Philip, it says that the Holy Spirit spoke to Philip. And not only did he listen to God, it says that he got up and ran to do what God asked him to do. You know what's a, you know what's a triple blessing? Uh, doing what God asked you to do, running to do what God asked you to do, and wanting to do what God asked you to do. You know, sometimes that's not my heart. So, you know, sometimes my heart is, I don't want to do this, God, but I'll do it because I know there's a blessing in doing it and there's a curse in not doing it. But, but there's, a, there's even a bigger blessing in wanting to. And this is the spirit he's talking about. This is the heart position that he's speaking about. In this heart position, everything that you want to happen, happens. You know that if you could learn to trust Jesus with everything, that everything would be okay then? That it wouldn't matter how you woke up today or how you didn't wake up today, that you would recognize and see that this world is a vapor and that we have very little time here and and that before we know it, we're going to be face-to-face with eternity. Every last one of us, whether you're young or old like me, doesn't matter. We're, We're all heading that way and we're heading that way so crazy fast the, the, the thing is to get the, the the idea and the reality into your heart and mind right that that what god says is true and and that this planet is just a, a vapor yeah everything that's happening here if jesus is the center you're cool everything's okay yeah if you believe that this is just a vapor if you believe that this is just a moment this is just a place where we get to make a choice you know for some people this is as close as they're ever going to get to heaven Wow, think about that. Wow, come on, man. Rick, that sucks bad. Rick said that sucks. That sucks bad, dude. Yeah, this is the closest some people are going to get to heaven. And this is, uh, this is the closest some people will ever be to hell. Amen? Amen. Okay, I got sidetracked with that. <laughs> with that thought. Where am I at? All right, cool. It says, uh, it says, it says uh, now, now, verse 19 says, now, let, now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, and lewdness. Uh, just the very beginning of the list. It says, now the works of the flesh, not the, fruit of the fl- are, are, not the fruit of the spirit, but the works of the flesh, works, are evident. And listen what this evident is. This evident is two things. You know that, that two things about sin that, that are provable. Two things about sin that are provable is that your sin always finds you out. And he says they're evident. You know, sometimes I think I got away with something, right? And then a couple months later, man, I didn't get away with it, right? You know, your sin always finds you out. And the, the wages of sin is death every single time, right? He, so he tells us, he tells us that, that this is evident. And then listen, he says, uh, 
he says, uh, the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, and lewdness. He starts off, and the first four he starts off with are sexual, and, and, and adultery is sleeping with somebody that's other than your husband, or uh, person you're married to. Fornication is sleeping with anybody if you're unmarried. Uncleanness and lewdness. Uncleanness and lewdness have the idea about being buck, sexually buck wild, just being wild as you can be. And then listen, he, he jumps right into to, to, to spiritual things. And, and he says, idolatry and sorcery. And idolatry is the worship of anything other than God. And everybody's guilty of it. And listen, this is a good way of thinking about it. And this is a good way of stopping it. Uh, one time I got to preach and God gave me the idea of what if I prayed to all the things that I idolize. So if I went out in the garage and got before my Harley, got on my knees and just started praying and asking my Harley to forgive me of my sins and to bless me. How crazy and ridiculous that is, right? I got before my degree on my bed and just started praying to my degree. Degree, save me. You know, how crazy that is. That's a crazy idea, right? Don't we do it? But if you do it physically, you could see how ridiculous it is. You could see that, that there's no blessing, that there's not going no place anyway. So idolatry is, is, is worshiping anything other than God. Sorcery. Sorcery is where we get the word pharmakia. It's pharmacy for us. Or it is the word pharmakia, I'm sorry. It's the word where we get pharmacy. And it's, it's any taking of any drugs that are mind-altering. It also has a connotation of witchcraft and magic. And the reason it does is because in that day they took drugs to open up their minds and hearts to that stuff. And anybody in here that's taking hardcore mind-altering drugs knows that it's true. You know, so, so he's saying don't do this. And it says hatred, uh, contentions. He moves from, from spiritual into social. He says hatred, contentions, jealousy. Jealousy is anything that, have, uh, anything that anybody else has that you, you think you should get, that you deserve. God, why'd you give that person that? I deserve it. Outbursts of wrath. This is just uncontrollable, just outbursts. Uh, selfish ambitions, dissensions, and heresies. Heresies are lies. Envy is a... The same as jealousy, except for it's not wanting that. It's being bitter that somebody else got it. Man, it sucks that they didn't bless you. That's an that's a, that's a ugly heart, right? That's a, that's a bad heart, man. Murderers, drunkards, rivalries, and the like, which, which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's the big idea, see? It's not telling you this so that you'll get this list and start checking these lists off, man. What happens is, you push three of those sins over there, and then 12 more come back on this side when you're in that religious battle that I'll do better, right? I'm going to pull myself up. I'm going to do something. Cannot fight anything spiritual in the flesh. Flesh has no power over anything spiritual. It has to be done in the spirit. So he's not telling us for that, and he's not telling us because he's judging us. He's telling us for this exact reason. He's saying if you practice these things, if this is your regular routine, if this is how you live, if this is how your life is, he's saying you probably aren't saved. That's not me speaking. I'm not judging or tripping. I'm just talking, just telling you. It's a measuring stick for you. So when I was in the world and, and stuck in most of these things, I could recognize and see, even though I was saying that I believed in Jesus and I knew who Jesus was, that it wasn't true, that I was lost and far from God. So he says if you're practicing these things, if, if you're walking in these things, you've got all tells us of all these things we need to practice. Uh, hey, Brian, can I get the worship team to come start heading back up this way? Thank you. So, so verse 22 says, uh, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And it says, which, of which there's no law, right? And the fruit of the spirit, the fruit, fruit is alive. Works, works are dead. Fruit's alive. And it says, you know that Jesus walked in every one of these perfectly? There was nothing that Jesus didn't do in this list perfectly. And listen, the first fruit of the spirit is love, right? It is the fruit of the spirit, love. 
And, and you know what kind of love this is? This is agape love. This is supernatural love. Listen to me. Do you know that God chooses to love you? Listen to me now for a minute. We're almost done. If you guys are falling asleep, my bad. But, but wake up for one more minute, and we'll, and we'll finish this sermon, man. It'll be sweet. Listen. Listen. Love. Agape. What that means is that God has chosen to love us no matter what. God has chosen to love us even though he knows everything about everything about us. You know, all this weirdness isn't even the half of all this weirdness that's going on inside of me, right? And even with that, God has chosen to agape me. He's chosen to love us. It's a choice that God makes. God has chose to love each and every one of you with, with a love that you can never hope to really get your heart and mind wrapped around, at least not on this side of paradise. At least not until we step into the future, right? In, into, into glory, so glorification. So, so listen, it says, uh, it says love, joy, and peace. These, these are, are, are the upward fruits, right? Love, joy, and peace. And joy, listen, it's the joy that surpasses, I mean, the peace that surpasses all understanding is this peace that he's speaking of. And the joy that he's speaking of is a joy that, that, that isn't situationally driven. Happiness is situationally driven. Joy is, is the understanding that, that you are positioned in Christ for eternity. Yeah, it, it, that's what brings joy. Not, not, not a position on the planet, a position of eternal position, right? Brings joy that you cannot explain. And he says the peace that surpasses all understanding is the kind of peace. Listen, you know what love, who, who love, joy, and peace are? Jesus. These aren't found in things that Jesus gives you. These are found in Jesus. Once you find them in Jesus, then you possess them. It's not a gift that he gives you. Okay, here, here, Jay, Jay you get this. Uh, you get this, Pat. You know, Rick, you get this. It, it, it's, it's him. If you have him, you have them. They're already yours. They're already yours. You already possess them. And then he, he goes from there, and he, he moves into the outward. And the outward is, is, is uh, long-suffering, kindness, and goodness. And this is the, the, the gifts that we, we present or the fruits that we present to the people around us, right? Long-suffering, kindness, and goodness. We were talking a little bit about, about it together today, about, about not, not caring about what somebody might have done to you, but loving them anyway. You know what covers a multitude of sins? Love. Not, not being right. Being right doesn't cover a multitude of sins. Love does. You know, it, 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 said, it, said, it also says that love covers all sins. You know whose love covers all sins? Jesus' love. Jesus' perfect love, right? So, so, so it, it, the last three, the last three are, are inward. And the last three are faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And it says, against such there is no, there is no law. And those who are in Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And, and what he's speaking about is if you're walking with Jesus, that, that, that the part of uh, your life that is uh, sanctified, that's walking in sanctification, is walking away from all those things that used to bring death into your life. You know, I, 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 don't, I don't wake up in the morning and go party anymore. I haven't in 15 years. You know why? Because I recognize very easily, very clearly now, I didn't then, but I, I recognize now that it's death that it's not fun and it's not any of the things that I used to scream and, and lie and say it was. So I, I don't move in any of those directions. And he's saying that if we would walk in him, if we would wake up, spend our morning just loving on Jesus, spend our, 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 our mornings, our evenings, our afternoons loving on Jesus, that we would want to be away from all the things that bring death. And in that, all this will change. Yeah, church being boring, you guys sitting there looking like you're, I wish this guy would shut up. <laughs> What's it called? All that would change because we're a family, and it's not about 
Pastor D. It's not about Pastor Chris. It's not about Pastor Jay. Pat. It's not about none of that. It's about us as a family edifying and building each other up, encouraging each other, helping each other when we're weak because we have those moments, right? You have some of you maybe today are in, in, in a battle right now with something. Here, I want to encourage you, brothers and sisters. Jesus loves you and has a plan for today. Yeah, today is the day, right? It doesn't have to be tomorrow. If you feel the Holy Spirit tugging in on your heart and you need some prayer afterwards, come up here and find Pat, find Jay, find me, find somebody. Amen? Yeah, if you want to talk about something, come find one of us. Listen to me. I love you guys. You guys are, are, are my second family. I have a family where I, where I preach and, and this family. I love you guys. I don't want you guys to be confused about all the lies that this planet tells us. And I don't want you to be confused about religion neither. I don't want you to be confused about following some rules or trying to be better people in that way. Don't be better people in that way. Fall deeper in love with Jesus and everything will change about everything. That's how things change. Jesus is the catalyst for every change. It's Jesus. It's not everything that you think. It's Jesus. You know, so if you're trying to be better, cut it out. Yeah. You know, fall in love with Jesus. Yeah. If, 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 you, if you're stuck in, in something different than that, some kind of a sin, cut it out. Fall in love with Jesus. Yeah. Whatever it is, cut it out. Fall in love with Jesus. Amen? All right. So let me pray us out, and then we'll get the worship team to, to bless us. Father, we just thank you for today. I just thank you for my brothers and sisters, each and every last person in here today, God. I ask that you would use this time, God, that you would use this word to penetrate deep into hearts, minds, and lives. Holy Spirit, that you would have spoken something that wasn't just heard, God, but that was received, God. That we would leave here this morning with a, with a clearer picture of your face, Jesus. That we would understand you and recognize your love in a deeper way, God. That we would just be a family, God. That we would be brothers and sisters, not, a, not pastors and staff and and none of that, God, that there wouldn't be no walls of, of separation between us, God, that we would just be goofy people uh, looking for you, Jesus, <laughs> that we would just be lost and broken people uh, who you have, have, have mended and found, God. I ask for each person in here today, God, that you would do something in this week, that you would do something with their lives, their hearts, their minds this week, God, that you would uh, allow them to be uh, uh, light and salt in, in Tooele, in Salt Lake, and wherever else they're going out to this week, God. We thank you for this morning. We thank you for your love for our lives and just for uh, being an amazing, perfect uh, father, amazing, perfect God. We love you. We thank you. We praise you. We need you. And we ask these things, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.